You know, you know who my favorite, my favorite. No, 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 Mike, (laughs) fuck Nick. No, Nick, fuck you. Oh, he really, he teed you up, Nick. No, Steve, I'm very sorry. If you had teed me up and I just totally missed it, I am so sorry. Nick, you need to dare to be part of the Smart Kids Club. That's all I know. That's... That's pretty good, Mike. You squeezed two in in one sentence. Okay, great. I'm glad I spent like a good 20 minutes teeing up Nick with like really well thought out material. And now we're going to start with that. Great. Exactly. Well thought out material is not what listeners come to this podcast for, Steve. They come for bad, bizarre, or otherwise noteworthy music. And speaking of which, welcome to the Song Topster Report, where we dissect bad, bizarre, or otherwise noteworthy music to figure out how it died. I am your host, Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm not going to try anymore, Stephen Trollinger. Yeah, Steve is very disappointed in that apparently he had a perfect tee-up for me to get into the podcast, and I missed it because I was too busy fanning myself because it is so goddamn hot right now. <laughs> and then I made a hilarious David Lynch joke. That's also not going to make it into the fucking yes, show. Yes, <laughs> as I was fanning myself with a David Lynch book on uh, meditation, consciousness, and creativity that I picked up recently. Because you're an asshole. Am I an <laughs> asshole for ignoring you or for picking up a David Lynch book? Both. <laughs> <laughs> One says you're pretentious, asshole. The other one's just an asshole. Um, if it is your first time listening to the podcast, though, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we have an interesting—I'm very, very excited for this episode, actually. This one, the subject material, actually, my brother introduced to me a long time ago, and I've just kind of been sitting on it. But uh, similar to when we recently discussed uh, Faith No More, we're going to be discussing kind of bits and pieces of an entire album, because there's really two— Drugs much- No More? Drugs— <laughs> <laughs> Close. It's actually the only a, a very good um, precursor. It, it'd be really fun to listen to this album and then uh, Angel Dust, literally, immediately after. Uh, but or Crack Hitler. <laughs> yes, Crack Hitler and Scruff McGruff uh, team up. Because the artist we're discussing today is one Scruff McGruff and the only musical output that ever came out under this mascot's name. The album Smart Kids, subtitle Don't Use Drugs. and crack and cocaine to get high that's what you say you love but it's really insane you could die what are you thinking of <laughs> For- and crack and cocaine <laughs> if you are either a younger listener or live outside of the united states you might be very very confused right now because What you were hearing, the vocalist you heard, was an anthropomorphic dog named Scruff McGruff, who was the face of the anti-drug movement in America, essentially, from 1980 through the 90s, and I believe still, even to this day, is still used as a mascot. Scruff McGruff made it cool to be square, man. (laughs) I used to watch those little PSAs pop up and be like, I got you, man, don't you worry. Until I hit college. Oh, jeez. And then it all went downhill. (laughs) But yes, Scruff McGruff, um, or excuse me, as he's otherwise known as McGruff the Crime Dog, is an anthropomorphic animated bloodhound created in 1979 through the Ad Council and later the National Crime Prevention Council to increase crime awareness and personal safety in the United States. He was the sum total of a whole bunch of think tanks trying to find an effective way to get mostly young people to, uh, quote, take a bite out of crime, as was... His patented yes. catchphrase. Yes, McGruff the Crime Dog, propagating antiquated authoritarian social structures to children since 1984. But at the time, Steve, well, yes, you know, we, <laughs> I suppose the road to good intentions is paved with life imprisonments hell. for low-level <laughs> drug offenders, but, yeah. a.k.a. hell. Uh, but so he was a res- Scruff McGruff was a response to rampant crime increase in the United States in the 70s. Uh, one statistic I found showed that throughout the 70s, crime in the, U- uh, crime in the United States was reaching all time highs. There were about 364 crimes per 100,000 people in 1970, and that almost doubled to 549 uh, by 1979. 
So the Department of Justice approached uh, the Ad Council, and I was confused when I read the Ad Council at first because I'm like, which Ad Council? But apparently, the Ad Council is actually just an American nonprofit organization that produces, distributes, and promotes public service announcements on behalf of various sponsors, including in this case, the government. And they ah. wanted to create a public campaign to engage the public in reducing crime. So that was the first kind of seed that planted. Scruff McGruff? I've lost track of the metaphor. But basically, that was where it all started. Now, I was asking, I was going to ask earlier, but Mike and Steve, you guys both encountered Scruff McGruff in, I'm sure, for me, it was Saturday morning cartoon commercials is where I encountered Scruff. Is that he was a, for, me, for me, he was a random NPC that I encounter when I, when I walked into my neighborhood watering hole. <laughs> he sent me on a quest that five of my friends joined me on and... We all learned a lot about ourselves and the world around us. He could be an Elder Scrolls character. He's an anthropomorphic animal. <laughs> Steve, did Scruff McGruff make you a part of a stain operation? Sending kids in to get drugs? No, he didn't <laughs> 21 Jump Street me, Mike. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, to create McGruff, uh, they did focus groups, and they determined that, and I loved this quote that I found, quote, the public believed that police should be the ones to prevent crime, but they were unwilling to pay more taxes to support more officers. So they recommended a campaign that would emphasize that individual actions can reduce crime and, quote, offer easily accessible opportunities for people to participate. So it was so bad in the late 70s, they just basically said, hey, everyone, kind of police yourselves. Which, uh, I don't know, in the current loaded political climate, <laughs> seems to be coming back again. <laughs> there's, there's, actually, there's actually a word for it, and I, it escapes me at the moment. I actually was listening to a, a few podcasts and TED Talks on, on the subject of policing recently, just because, no reason. Because um, <laughs> when, when Steve doesn't have another person to engage in to get angry about current events, he finds ways himself. And it was... Um, uh, I think her name was uh, Mariam Kaba. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing her name right, but she she was talking about this particular type of justice, like types of justice systems. Like right now, our justice is the is is like focused on punitive justice. Yes, uh, but there's another type of criminal justice system. Called Texas and I justice. Yeah, the word escapes me at the moment, but like the analogy that she used to sort of explain it, which is interesting, is like imagine if, and it goes along with this. Imagine if you had a like cousin who was a heavy drug user and he was known to like take family members money or like you know like he got caught stealing for family members and things like that and you just bought like a big tv uh and you were telling all the family members about your new surround sound system and then you come home from work the next day and everything's stolen and your first thought is fucking cousin bill stole all of it so he could sell it for drug money because he's done it before mm. your first thought is not i'm gonna call the cops on cousin bill your first thought is i'm gonna call aunt Mar aunt marianne to go yeah. fucking find her fucking son and figure this out with me that's the kind of system i think that like they were experimenting with here was like you you're like, you don't call the cops on your cousin because there's a level of familiarity. So, like, find that level of familiarity in your own community so that not necessarily solve your own problems, but solve the problems that are within your power to solve, not push it on someone else who's unrelated to the circumstance. Gotta stop snitching and start beating each other up. You know, they gotta legalize fighting. You know, I think that's what legalize you know, you gotta, fighting. You gotta be able to go over and go punch somebody in the nose when they steal your TV. But only like, one night a year. I agree, Mike. <laughs> only one night a year. We limit it. If we only limit there was one night, night a year where like crime could be legal. No, like, let's just guys, say I'm like not a twelve hour about period. A if only there was sakes. a name for it. If only someone came up with a hypothetical dystopian present where that could happen. No, you hmm. you see what you guys could it be called? You guys are taking it too far. I think good old-fashioned fisty You want, cuffs. like, misdemeanor. Misdemeanors are illegal for 12 hours. I want people not to kill each other, man, but I think sometimes you got to have a nice little scruff, you know? So the task of creating some I'd kind of— I'd love to see him beat up some people. He wanted to beat up some criminals, man. I don't, little think, scruff I don't think violence was his way, <laughs> even though he was a bloodhound. Um— <laughs> Rest I'm sorry, restorative justice. That's what it's called. Not punitive justice, restorative justice. That's what that's what McGruff was theoretically. Now, the idea itself, I think, has merit. The execution vis-a-vis -vis 
a mascot dog that talks to children. It's like trying to solve. It's like uh, like you're trying to solve uh, world hunger with a like Snickers bar. But Steve, that was essentially what they were trying to determine because it was some guy named Jack Keel. Um, who's part of the ad agency, who actually would later be the voice of Scruff McGruff, he was the one that came up with... It it occurred to him that Smokey the Bear was a thing at this point, who was the mascot for preventing forest fires. So he thought, why don't we come up with our own animal mascot specifically for addressing this? So they came up with the slogan first. Take a bite out of crime was the first thing that came up. And then after that... He decided, okay, a dog makes sense then. And then this was wild. I did not know any of this, but all of the different versions of what would eventually become McGruff that they went through, the first one was, quote, a Snoopy lookalike wearing a Keystone cap hat, uh, which they didn't like because the creative team thought that a dog wouldn't be taken seriously. So then another rejected proposal. Yeah, we we need a serious looking dog, guys. Got to make sure people take this dog seriously. Well, Steve, that was was probably why you would have voted for the initial proposal, which included a bulldog version of J. Edgar Hoover, was at one point (laughs) going to be the mascot for this anti-crime campaign. (laughs) This, This is J. Edgar Hoover telling you to avoid communists at all costs, and be sure to snitch on them when you find them. Um, and they also had a golden retriever, a um, aggressive-looking deputy dog. Finally, uh, Keel, the final one that was selected was what became McGruff, uh, who was a talking dog in a trench coat that was supposed to be like a tired, world-weary detective kind of air is what they wanted. Like, Scruff McGruff has seen some shit, and he's, he's- one day away from retirement. <laughs> he's going to get married to his girl, and they're going to they're gonna adopt a... They're gonna adopt some sort of foreign baby. They're gonna uh, live. They're gonna live together in a a seaside seaside cottage, just like they've always talked about it. And, oh no, I've been shot, Mendoza. No! McGrath! Dude, I think they nailed it. Yeah, I I think they nailed it. I think that's why he's so iconic, and and you remembered his very address of which you could mail to him. Yes. To this very day. Um, so eventually this led to the album that we're going to be discussing. However, for, once again, for the uninitiated, uh, just to get a sense of what kind of Scruff McGruff's PSA campaigns were like, this is a commercial from 1998 that I remember watching so many times. It showed up during every block of, like, cartoons. This is kind of what Scruff McGruff, what his MO was. Here's my nephew Scruff about to run into trouble again. Hey, Bobo, where's your video game? In here. Oh, look at this. Uh Uh-oh, it's my dad. So want to hold it? It took a good... A lot happened. So Scruff McGruff has... His his what what do you say his nephew? Because it was the '90s, and so every animated character had to have like a nephew who was like the typical kid with like a baseball cap and like a skateboard and a T-shirt. He went to his friend's house, and his friend showed him a gun. Yeah, Ew. you'll see. But that's not the only problem he has. Hey, here's a shortcut. Not down there, Square. I don't think it's safe. Come on, the coast is clear. I'm not taking a chance. So man. now he went down a dark alley. Oh no. We're, pull that gun out and shoot these kids. <laughs> Is that the moral? He was supposed to take the gun from the one friend to then shoot the thugs who he's about to run into down the dark alley. Also, Nick, I can't, I can't keep having you throw incorrect information at people in such a matter-of-fact tone of voice. He, he's just called McGruff. He's he has no first name. Scruff is Scruff. his nephew's name. Scruff is his nephew's name. Wait. Oh my God! So, oh my, Steve, you're blowing my mind because the only frame of reference for when I was a kid with Scruff McGruff was literally these commercials where it's Scruff McGruff, which is his last name. It's McGruff the Crime Dog, and oh my God, thank you, Steve. Now, depending on whether his nephew Scruff is his maternal or paternal nephew, the nephew might be called Scruff McGruff. Also, that would be paternal, Steve. Get it right. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, well. Hello, dog face. Come to give us your sneakers. Uh-oh. Trouble again, Scruff. What are you going to do now? I don't know. If you get my new comic activity book, More Adventures with Scruff, 
You'll find out what you can do about bullies, yeah. and guns. Am I the hero again? You'll see. And you'll see lots of games. Cool. Or you're free. My brother got that activity <laughs> book. I remember that in my home. Yes. It was, you know, it was like act comic strips and like mazes and stuff designed to keep the kids off drugs. Uh, but yeah, so the, these commercials were all over. And it worked, right, Generations X and Y? <laughs> I mean, talk about cliffhangers. McGruff was all about the cliffhanger. Like, oh, oh, look what Scruff's getting into here. Oh, and not just that, he's going to get into this too. Oh, but you gotta, you got to buy this book to find out what happens next. It's just, it's just good advertising. Although, actually, it was, a free, it was a free book. It was because it was like a PSA thing. You just had to write in, and then they would mail you the activity book. But this was a later campaign. The, what, what we will be discussing today is the album that Scruff McGruff made, or by extension, the ad agency made, in 1986. So with that, let's get into the music. A dissection is imperative. Now, in terms of the album itself, I found essentially no information on this. Like, uh... What's her name? Uh, Shayna Lynette I found more information on than the Scruff McGruff album. All I could find out was that this album came out in 1986, produced under Sony Wonder Label, and only seems to have been released on audio cassettes. It's apparently impossible to actually find anywhere, but fortunately someone uploaded it to YouTube. So it is a 28-minute long album in which uh, Scruff McGruff warns people about all different kinds of, essentially, vices children can succumb to. Oh God, that's gonna be so McGruff. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> it's, it's gonna be that is gonna be the hardest thing for me. He's just been Scruff McGruff in my brain this whole time. Um, just say McGruff the crime dog. Just say the whole thing. McGruff the crime dog. He's gonna say Scruff McGruff. It's been in Chicago, his mind for the last six five two, and you'll be helping take a bite out of crime. So we're gonna be bouncing around the album a little bit because there is so much wonderful stuff in this album. Um, but we're gonna start from the very very top. McGruff here. I want you to learn a song that tells people to say no to drugs. Users are losers, and losers are users. So don't use drugs. Don't use drugs. So right off the bat, the it album so, it sounds like it sounds like a Ray Charles Pepsi ad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm more concerned with the fact that it starts. This is kind of an outdated sentiment in terms of the quote-unquote drug war the users are losers so like if your mom was overprescribed oxycodone after an accident and she became addicted remember she's a loser <laughs> not a victim she's a loser <laughs> yes she's a criminal and a loser and not a just victim. say no to your mom but you're right certainly not a certainly not a victim of a system that was going to be always larger and more powerful than herself also, also, you're right. This music is creepily upbeat. Most of the album, as you'll hear, is actually just like 80s synth pop. It's actually the music on this kind of slaps, but we will get to the later songs. But this well, is. You got to keep the kids. Kids don't like sad music, really. <laughs> every one of these is a funeral. Every single one is the Hungarian suicide song. <laughs> oh I was going to say, there, there, I, that, I call bullshit on that, Mike. There is a very large cohort of children to teenagers who are very into sad music and they are not the people that this is the target audience for. I feel like this is this feels like it was targeted like 5 to 8 year olds. Like I that's... guarantee this created more goth kids than <laughs> Anne Rice. I'm a loser. I used and now the gruff thinks I'm a loser. That's it. Where's my emo? <laughs> Take a bite out of crime and my bleeding heart that I gave to you, <laughs> Sheila. <laughs> Winners don't use and users don't win. So don't use drugs. Don't use drugs. If you know a user even part of the time, tell them to quit. Take a bite out of crime. Users are losers and losers are users. So don't use drugs. Don't use drugs. Oh. It's got a nice little swing to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, and and he's right. Users are losers, and losers never win. Right, Snoop? Oh, he can't hear me. He's on his private jet. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, what was that? Oh, well, you know, it looks like he doesn't talk so much about steroids, because those guys typically win. And they're hardly losers. They're gainers. They're gains. <laughs> a lot it's of gains. It's all about the gains. You can't be a loser if that's all you care about. 
I thought, Mike, I thought you were implying Scruff McGruff was taking steroids. No, no, no. <laughs> that was back in my boxing days, back in Guam. <laughs> he would have boxed. Oh, he would have been good at it, too. I just know it. How? He doesn't have opposable thumbs. He can't punch. You know what? He'd be a better MMA fighter, Steve. You're right. The only thing I oppose are the drug pushers on the streets. <laughs> you know a user even part of the time. Tell him to quit, take a bite out of crime. Users are losers, and losers are users. So don't use drugs. Don't use drugs. Nice going. Now teach it to your mom and dad and brothers and sisters and friends. to help take a bite out of crime. I'm sure they all regretted buying the CD for their kids. Oh, no, I don't want to yeah. learn the song, Timmy. Just put it on for the car ride. Also, there's more causes to crime than drug use, McGruff. Drug use is, drug use is a... All crime is a symptom of an undiagnosed societal ill. But do you want McGruff to be talking about like human trafficking on the same kids album, Steve? Uh, and aren't drugs Don't used... ship. Don't ship kids. Don't ship kids. Now, now, well, aren't now? Doesn't this often happen where people will be uh, hooked onto drugs and then reliant on them in such ways that people take advantage of them, in which then they can find themselves in trafficked situations? I mean, in improv lingo, that would be like an A to D, but I suppose it's possible. No, man, I think that's a legit thing. Well, then apparently this album, apparently Scruff McGruff. McGruff the crime dog. God damn it! Apparently he did work for you. Wait, are you saying are you saying that McGruff the crime dog propaganda worked on Mike because he didn't get into human trafficking? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The ad agency and the Department of Justice created a low bar, but every person who is not currently a human trafficker is a success story for McGruff the crime dog. Oh man, thank God you ate that hamburger, otherwise you would have gotten the flu. I will say. McGruff scared McGruff scared the shit out of me. I mean, I... He's a talking dog. He's a talking dog, I he's a talking cocaine, dog who, go, who goes after drug users. Mike I, had a reason to be frightened. I thought cocaine would have killed me. And then all... Oh, God. It only made me stronger. <laughs> no, but Mike, McGruff doesn't care about cocaine. He cares about crack cocaine. And there's only one major difference between the users of crack cocaine and the users of cocaine. One is punished severely with life imprisonment. The other is punished with a slap on the wrist. And there's some sort of difference between the two. I can't quite put my finger on it, McGruff. Can you help me out with that? (laughs) Uh, But let's get into the first track in earnest here. And what better gateway song into this album, better than the gateway drug, according to McGruff the Crime Dog, Marijuana. The, the, the first track we're going to discuss on this children's album is called Marijuana. And this is one of the bangers. Never cry, marijuana, don't try it at all. <laughs> it's a lie, it's like beating your head on a wall. <laughs> marijuana, it's a lie, it's like beating your head on a wall. Take on crime. Take, take on, on crime. crime. <laughs> now here's the thing. I um marijuana, I am convinced other people experience something very different when they smoke marijuana than in my past experiences because I have never enjoyed it. So it's, it's weird. Mar- marijuana can make me quite happy, but then I always the next day I'm feeling so terrible. Like it can make Mike very happy and simultaneously make Nick very angry. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it could definitely do that. It just depends on how close together a podcast recording is with that marijuana time. Look, if if I were to offer any advice to the kids out there listening, you, you know, know, try it. See if you like it. Uh, it's, we got to take it easy. You know, you know, people say smoke weed every day. And it's like, you know, some people might need weed every day. But Jesus, like if it's if it's making you eat a whole pizza all the time and order from three different fast food restaurants and you're not exercising and you're just being a big old piece of fat piece of shit. Well, you should smoke less marijuana until you find a nice marijuana life balance, I'd say. But if you smoke... If you smoke it and it turns you into a sexual dynamo like Mike Russell, keep on puffing. <laughs> Marijuana's a fast way to fall. You will 
80s training montage happening. Well, this I was song with say, no context is playing in the background. I was going to say, so this song takes place uh, shortly at the e- after the end of Act 2, the middle of Act 3 of Rocky 4, right before the boxing match where he punches a giant weed. Yes, because Sylvester Stallone had been smoking too much marijuana, and that was why <laughs> he, punched, he was not he, able he punched, to eat just, He's 20, 20 minutes of punching a giant fucking <laughs> spleef in the middle of the ring. <laughs> Now, what gets me, marijuana is, now correct me if you disagree, but like probably one of the least uh, dangerous drugs out there. Like, some would say it's less dangerous than track six. Yeah. You know what? It is. It is a, it, track six is alcohol. For the yeah, listeners, the, the, yeah. No, I'd say that. I'd, I'd say, I'd, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. I'd, uh, but it's the longest song on this side. Mike's done. Look, guys, Mike's done a lot of peer-reviewed scientific experimentation on the differences and effects between pot and alcohol. There's he's done all of the research. He's got pages and pages. He's got a thesis. He's yeah, got and scientific I'll, accurate, scientifically accurate paperwork. I'll tell you, I am more productive on booze. However, it can be detrimental to society. <laughs> okay. Depending how much booze is involved. This is what Mike said during his job interview, his most recent <laughs> one. When are you your most productive? Well, I'm my most productive on booze, but it's detrimental to society in general. Also, I'm proficient in Microsoft Word. <laughs> but Mike, the reason this is the longest song on this side is because you have to have time to fit in both A, a guitar solo, and B, a spoken word interlude, which this song has both of. Oh. Yeah, get him, McGruff! In my head, the giant anthropomorphic dog is actually doing the guitar solo. Actually, um, when I was in fifth grade, we had a scruff. We had McGruff the crime dog. Steve, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. (laughs) McGruff the crime dog come to our school, but it wasn't a guy in a costume like it was throughout a lot of the 80s. It was like this four foot tall robot that they brought on and he was like sitting back on his haunches and he was kind of just like wheeling around and he had like a head that would rotate and little arms that would go up and down and the robot stopped working during the presentation like he started like slowing no. his speech down and like sounding demonic he's like you gotta take a bird out of crime and then finally uh, who forgot to charge McGruff <laughs> no finally what happened was it was great we were in like the uh, gymnasium while this was happening and finally what ended up happening was there was this puppeteer in the back corner of the uh, auditorium with like a giant remote control and a headset on and he was controlling McGruff and then doing the voice for it and finally he just was like 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 the, the presenter was saying is and you should say no to drugs is that right McGruff and then finally the puppeteer in the back corner goes that's right yeah, because <laughs> everyone's like, okay, <laughs> McGruff, McGruff is having a bad day. McGruff smoked too much of the reefer, clearly, and is just not yeah. feeling it. <laughs> but, uh, but yes. Yeah, so then there is uh, actually you see, McGruff kids. That's that's your mind on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Take a uh, but a lot of these songs feature moments where he stops singing and he just kind of breaks it down and tells you straight how you should feel about this. So this is what he had to say about marijuana. It's a gift, don't abuse it. A lot of people think that marijuana isn't dangerous, but they're wrong. Because not only does it harm a person's body and mind, but it often leads users to try other, even more dangerous drugs. And you know... Aspects of this album aged as well as others. No, McGruff would McGruff would have thrown all these marijuana people right in jail. That motherfucker, <laughs> he can go fuck himself. Because even though I think perhaps in some ways I'm not as productive, Jesus Christ, I don't think anyone belongs behind bars because of it. Oh, McGruff, what's uh, what's track seven called? Drug companies are our friends. <laughs> Drug companies are our friends. They make us feel less pain, and who cares how much they give you? But uh, the next song that I want to discuss in this album is actually, so it, it's, it's a drug that I feel like is kind of, 
I don't know. I was going to say, I feel like it's kind of gone out of vogue with the youth, but then again, I don't we know what the youth are into anymore. I don't we even have to TikTok. bring it back. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Yachty. So uh, the next song <laughs> is called Inhalance. Now, from a purely songwriting standpoint, this song, Steve, I'm going to say it, straight up banger. Straight up banger. Oh. oh, man. Remember that scene when that uh, gas can beat Apollo Creed to death? And then Rocky's just driving through the streets imagining how he's going to get revenge on that can of gas. <laughs> Steve, this bit is going to have to take so many twists and turns for it to make sense in one Rocky movie. But I can't I wait. I can get it. I yes. can, I've done two already. I can do a third. Inhalants can break you in two, so never, never do them. Uh, helium, helium. Um, no, dude, all the all the warnings about inhaling shit. Like, and I, I was nervous as a kid to in, inhale helium balloons, and I, you know, I missed that on the fun for like a good like fifteen years before. Mike, I how did. many years of funny high voice magic did you miss out on because of propaganda from McGruff the Crime Dog and others similar to his ilk? <laughs> These are years I'll never get back, Nick. Because helium is a finite um, element. Like, we're going to run out of it at some point. Parties are going to be a little bit sad. What? Correction. It's a finite element on Earth. It's one of the most uh, it's readily available elements in the universe well, at large. Steve, unless McGruff the Crime Duck can go into space and get more helium for Mike that he missed out on because of years of propaganda from McGruff in the first place, then I don't want to hear about it. Mike, I've never been so yell at me. I've never been so angry on your behalf, Mike, that you were robbed of this wonderful childhood experience. Oh, and it made you an outcast. You know, all the kids were inhaling balloons, and I was just like, "Ah, I'm good, guys, I'm good. And they're like, what, you don't want to make the funny voices? And I'm just like, oh, you know, it's not good. (laughs) And then in Mike's head, he imagined, like, you may think inhaling helium is okay, but that's wrong. Helium can lead to more dangerous things you inhale. Don't ever try it. Helium is dangerous. I don't know. Maybe that's a B-side on this album. It's a step above oxygen. Don't believe it. <laughs> Only on the periodic table. <laughs> Wait. He, he's McGruff a, the cry dog, not McGruff the science dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's his cousin. He works in the forensics lab. Looks like we're dealing with a sick son of the bitch here, McGruff. <laughs> that's Dr. McGruff. He left his calling card. He took out the intestines. What a sick fuck. Uh, Ah, yes, yes, but he he left this cicada shell. (laughs) It means something. His victims are a cocoon for his eventual transformation. Would you bark me? I'd bark me. I'd bark me good. Uh, um, Anyway, inhalants. It's really no thrill. Don't you know inhalants? The, I guess we'll call them the smart kids, the backing children's choir. They really bring it home. Smart kids say no. Because inhalants kill. I just want to see a bunch of kids throwing whipped cream containers in the garbage. Just like, <laughs> get these out of here. <laughs> you may think it's safe for your mom to put whipped cream on your ice cream sundae, but you're wrong. Your mom is killing you slowly by giving you delicious whipped cream. Don't Never let her use it. Never again. Throws the can in the toilet and tries to flush it. Oh. <laughs> or even worse, tries to light it on fire. Uh, but McGruff has another spoken word breakdown later in the song. Causing inhalant kill. Just because something is safe to use one way doesn't mean it's safe to use another way. Every doctor in the ER who has had to pull a pickle jar out of somebody's ass has said that exact same thing. Wow, you you went really safe with that one, Nick. I was going to talk about penises. 
What, what places you can stick it? Is there... <laughs> they're safe to use in some ways, but not in every way. Steve, they're like Reese's. You know, there's no wrong way. Reese's penis. There's a wrong way. There's a wrong way. Steve, do you have a story you'd like to share with us? I feel like Mike, this is a story that Mike would maybe share. But Steve, if you have something to say, I would love to hear it. No, I've never been on a cruise. <laughs> Just because it's safe to put shampoo in some places doesn't mean it's safe to use other places. Yo, fuck that urologist, man. I'll tell you, like... <laughs> Wait, Mike, was your urologist wearing a trench coat and looked like an anthropomorphic dog? <laughs> Yo, oh my god, was my urologist McGruff the crime dog? Who who gave me a lecture about having uh, premarital sex on a cruise ship? That what sounds like him. <laughs> That sounds like the kind of uptight 50s white morality that McGruff the Crime Dog spouts. Uh, but let's get now, let's now move on to the track that we tease at the very top. Uh, if this song, if this album had any singles released from it, this would be, I feel like, the lead single, "Cocaine and Crack." And once again, I just can't imagine. Imagine if you if you gave your kid like an iPod back in the day, and one of their favorite songs, like sandwiched between like some Wiggles songs and some Disney songs is a song just called Cocaine and Crack. Using crack and cocaine <laughs> to get high. That's what you say you love. First off, can I just say that is the most accusatory start to a song I have ever heard. Can you imagine just walking up to someone and saying what McGruff just said? Unless this, unless he's actually right. Unless there's literally someone who just kind of like wakes up, has a cup of coffee, looks out the window and goes, ah, using crack and cocaine to get high. That's what I love. <laughs> Maybe. It's such, the way he sings it just tickles, tickles me. <laughs> That's <laughs> what you say you love. <laughs> Using crack and cocaine. <laughs> it's like, oh man, you know what our crack cocaine song needs? Xylophone. Yeah, you know, I think it does also hit a special part with this, with that. I really wish I knew anything about the musicians who did the backing music. I don't know if um, if Jack Keel, the original voice of McGruff the Crime Dog, I don't know if this is him or if they hired someone else, because a lot of people have played... McGruff the Crime Dog, including, and I was going to save this maybe for the end, but I found this one article. Uh, this guy in Texas who played McGruff the Crime Dog got busted for owning a pot farm and possessing weapons. So some oh, guy sh- who dressed up as McGruff the Crime Dog uh, was sentenced to 16 years in prison on drug and weapon charges after police found more than 1,000 marijuana plants and 27 weapons, including grenade launchers, at two indoor farms. This is what McGruff the crime dog... You know, the hypocrisy starts from McGruff and just goes up from there. Hot damn. It just sounds to me like McGruff the crime dog was exercising his God-given Second Amendment rights. Uh, you know what? God bless you, Steve. You're damn right. Who's you know? Uh, if there's a world where where people can't own grenade launchers, that's a world I don't want to live in. Blam, 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 blam. The liberal media might tell you that it's not your right to own as many grenade launchers as you want, but they're wrong. The Second Amendment was instilled in our Constitution from the early days of our founding fathers. Go crazy. Because everybody needs grenade launchers. A well-regulated militia is important for the (laughs) safety (laughs) of the (laughs) Commonwealth. Uh, But he goes on. But it's really insane. You could die. What are you thinking of? Because nobody's needing that crack and cocaine. There's terrible trouble behind it. And sooner or later, you're burning your brain, making a mess of your mind. I, now, I gotta say, so, guys. Yes. When it comes to the cocaine, right, have y'all ever dabbled in the cocaine? No. No. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. So, like, this is where it gets confusing for me, right? I don't like the idea of people getting locked up for doing drugs, right? That's because that kind of goes against the whole 
mindset of live free or die. It's like, hey, people are going to do what they're going to do. But what do you do about people? And again, we have this. I know we've already made about five jokes about this within like the medical community. <laughs> sure. But, but even like anybody getting people hooked on addictive substances like cocaine and, and crack. Like going to school, I used to get so pissed at these dudes that would get these the cute ladies because they would they loved cocaine. The women how, loved cocaine. Wait, and how do those go hand in hand? They got the cute girls because the girls were hooked on cocaine. Wait, no, I think we know exactly how the sequence of events went, Nick. First, you get the drugs, then you get the money, <laughs> then you get the power. Then you'll get the women. Is that what happened, Mike? So is locking the dudes up being a hater, or is it bad <laughs> to get all these people addicted to cocaine? I'm sure you guys tell me. Uh, I don't think for myself, Mike. I let McGruff, the crime dog, tell me what to think. And so far, this is what he's had to say. Just a snort or a smoke <laughs> in your greed. That's all you care about. Yeah, Mike, that's all you fucking care about. What? <laughs> oh, you're right, Nick. It's all greed. It's all, That's all it is. Nobody all... needs cocaine unless they work for a bank or on Wall Street. Yeah, I was just going to say. Nobody needs when he, cocaine. When he says nobody's needing that crack and cocaine, I'm like, Wall Street would disagree. It's the 80s. Do a lot of coke and vote for Ronald Reagan. Didn't we? Didn't this album? Uh, did the movie Wall Street come out in '86? I'm trying to remember what year that came out. I'm just wondering if it's possible that the Smart Kids album by McGruff the Crime Dog and Wall Street came out at the same time. Because he mentions greed. McGruff mentioned greed, and I don't think he thinks greed <laughs> is good. Uh, I think all the smart kids were jealous of all the other kids getting laid. That's it. That's that's what it. <laughs> Using drugs to get laid. <laughs> Based on how I've seen my parents' dog act when he goes out on the lanai in Florida, I'd assume that McGruff the Crime Dog would have a problem with a gentleman named uh, Gordon Gecko. (laughs) That was a fucking journey to get to that (laughs) shitty-ass joke that only maybe a couple people are going to be able to put together. I'm sorry. I wasted everyone's time. Steve. Worth it. I'm glad I took. Th- I'm glad I took that journey with you. But you know what, Steve? I, let's 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 swing by alcohol. The next song before <laughs> we go too far ahead. So uh, that was a little bit of crack and cocaine. And why not wash it down with some alcohol? <laughs> and really, all you need is a little bit. <laughs> just a little, just a little, little bit of booze. This is baby making music or puppy making music. Oh, this is how most kids were made after the. <laughs> Really? Because right now it sounds like it's filling it with some heavy-ass, sweet-ass bass. <laughs> oh, yeah. Alcohol is only for mommies and daddies. That's how most of you came to exist. So he says it's full of lies when other people call it a truth serum. Absolutely. So, so which is it? Which is it? This is definitely like the sexiest song on this album. It's pretty you know, sexy. Yes. It- it's no good when you're drinking. Tell your friends no. I believe he I, meant straight edge. But. Oh, thank God. Thank God, McGruff. Every day I work, I feel like people hate heterosexuals more every day. And he's telling me it's fine. Yes, Mike. Heterosexuals are the ones who've had it the worst in the history. <laughs> Being straight is okay. Even in the godless liberal utopia you live in. I'm glad someone said it was. I was concerned. <laughs> That everything wasn't already geared toward me. <laughs> Knowing that it is, Steve, you can move forward with your day with a smile on your face. That's. But guys, I have to say, I listened to this entire album from beginning to end. And by the time I was getting to like the last track, I'm like, okay, there's some pretty good stuff here. I think we can just settle with that. 
But the last song on this album is wild. The last song is called I'm Glad I'm Me. And it's supposed to just kind of be a summary, I guess, of the whole album. But when I first listened to it, all I could think was McGruff the Crime Dog spent so much time telling people not to do marijuana or do inhalants or cocaine or crack or alcohol. He spent so much time telling people not to do those drugs that he went straight to meth himself in the very last song. Because this song, this song is called I'm Glad I'm Me, and it goes like this. I like being me. Being me. And I know that you agree. Agree. It is so very true. True. You're the best at being you. Really you. Really you. Yeah. Wait, what? When did McGruff, when did McGruff quit crime dogging and join Devo? <laughs> He's had a long career, Steve. It could have happened at any time. But it went straight from like somber pop rock to him. You can just imagine him just wiping his nose and like cleaning his kitchen for the fifth time in a row. I like being me. I like every day. Every day. I can work and I can play. I play. Every day when it's done. Done. I look back on all the fun. Lots of fun. <laughs> so much fun! <laughs> He's mopping ah! the bathroom floor for the fifth time. He hasn't blinked at all since the song started. Are you okay, McGruff? Yeah, everything just kind of looks like a Magritte painting right now. <laughs> uh, you know what? You know what, though, Nick? What? You know what? We, we can't just... This is a good thing. McGruff is showing McGruff us on meth you- is a good thing. This is McGruff. You know what? Who's to say he's on meth? He may be high on life. He may be... And I... Having had been a drug-free kid throughout school and then into my most of high school before the booze kicked in probably at the end of that, <laughs> I will say I was frequently, frequently pulled over and given sobriety tests and, you know, told that people asking me where I was getting the stuff I was on when really just high on life, just a dude just trying to enjoy himself and, and everything that's provided. And here's, and here's McGruff. Just trying to have a little bit of fun, and all of a sudden, everyone says he's on meth. He likes being him. Mike, God, bl- God bless McGruff for being a guy who can really let loose after having to deal with all the shit he does. He's, he's, a, he's a detective. He's finding dead kids and telling their parents about it. I mean, he's able. He, he's not going to the bar. He's not even drinking booze. He needs this, Nick. And you, and you know what? Nobody ever really asked, Mike, going back to your, your experiences on the road like that, nobody ever asks the really important questions when it comes to drug use, like, what about mouthwash? What about hand sanitizer? You can take them, and the cops won't be none the wiser. Try a scope and coke. Oh, the cops can, pull, cops can pull you over all they want. There's nothing they can do about it. A scope and coke. Oh, my God. God. But Mike, oh. I, I gotta say, I, it did not occur to me that you would maybe start to empathize more with McGruff in this last song, and that he's maybe just high off life in order to combat the deluge of horror that he lives with by being a crime-fighting dog. He just likes being him. A lot. He's really into it. I like every day. Every day. I can work and I can play. I play. Every day when it's done. Done. I look back on all the fun. Lots of fun. Yes, I'm Whip glad it. I'm me. Yes, I'm Whip glad good. I'm me. Because my life is really great. I'm gonna celebrate. Well, I'm glad I'm me. He's just humble bragging at this point now. This is exactly the kind of shitty, dumb, <laughs> self like aggrandizing, self fulfilling pop trash music that Mike listens to in the hospital bed. <laughs> oh, it, it this should have been on my playlist. You're absolutely right, Steve. This shit's so I'm feeling good already. <laughs> it doesn't matter what kind of day you're having. You throw one of these tunes on, you'll forget all about it. Mike's getting metal put into his body. He's got a catheter shoved up his dick, and he's rocking his head, going, "I'm glad uh, I'm me. My <laughs> life is really great." <laughs> Uh, you know what, Mike? Ow, Hi- my penis! <laughs> uh, God, Mike, in hindsight, I really wish you could have had access to this album. Yes, I'm glad I'm me. 
My life is really great. I'm gonna celebrate. Drugs are not for me. You know you've got a lot going for yourself now. I'm so... Where the fuck did the yeah, robot come from? That's in the song. I don't know where the fuck that came from or who it's supposed to be. Johnny Five. <laughs> Glad I'm free. Everything's fine. Everything's super duper. Drugs are not <laughs> for me. You have to keep your body strong. Your brain sharp. I'm. This is like this is like someone who's fighting in a relapse and they're like, I can't do it. I can't go back in. And then it's, they got a little robot self in their head being like, that's right, that's right, everything's great, everything's this is, great. Th <laughs> this is the lowest rent version of, of the Jekyll and Hyde musical. <laughs> no, the Jekyll and Hyde musical is the it's lowest the rent lowest version rent. of the Jekyll and Hyde musical. <laughs> well played, Steve. Also, I feel like, first off, just from like a musical standpoint, I don't understand what this voice is supposed to be. But it also sounds like whoever's doing the voice is trying to do some kind of accent, but I can't quite tell what it is. I'm free. Everything's fine. Everything's super duper. Drugs are not for me. You want to keep your body strong, your brain sharp. You want to keep your... It sounds like Adam... It sounds like a Happy Madison movie, like Adam Sandler I've... doing some random voice. I think it's Mid-Atlantic Cyborg. I'm so glad I'm free. Feeling good, like I should. I like being me. Being me. And I Wait, hold like on, hold on, like... hold on. So I'm a kid listening to this, right? This is probably the first time anyone has ever informed me that life is short. <laughs> life is short. Gonna die. Because you're, as a child, that you have no concept of the fragility of human life and the shortness of its span. And now you're having a giant woozle dog Devo rap to you that you're gonna die someday. When when did you uh when did you discover death, Steve? When when did it settle in your brain that you're like, oh this ooh, this is the it. first time I tried drugs, Michael. <laughs> Cause that was the beginning of the end. My I died. Tried to warn you. <laughs> I died five years later of a heroin overdose. <laughs> this has been a dramatization of what might have happened to Steve had he partaken in drugs at an early age. I'm so glad I'm free. Feeling good, like I should. I like being me. Being me. Being and me. I know that you agree. I agree. I never. I didn't say that. <laughs> I never. Gosh. I never agreed. Yeah, he's he's really he's really assuming a lot. You might we'll be a real piece of shit. I don't know. You're a real fucking Debbie Downer at most parties, buddy. I don't know. You're a piece of shit. Piece of shit. And you've got to deal with it. Deal with it. <laughs> Eat a dick. Eat a dick. Get fucked. <laughs> it's not too late. Whip it. Whip it good. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, I feel like McGruff would be an angry drunk. Now, I now we'll now, never know, will we? Because he died track, of a heroin overdose. Track three on the back here. What if, it makes me think, what if McGruff was a sex addict instead of a drug addict? Mike, you should probably let the listeners know what the name of the track is. <laughs> oh, the, the track is Make Your Body Last. He's just Mike does that by thinking about baseball in the middle, so he doesn't. <laughs> Nick, why do you always think baseball is the, the key to. Because it's the to... most fucking boring thing you can imagine. Oh, my gosh. Let's watch slightly overweight middle-aged men stand around a field for three hours. It's the bottom of the third inning. Armin is up again. Oh, he swings the baseball bat three times and misses each time. Now we're going to repeat this process three more times until everyone changes places and repeats the process another three times for nine times total. Brought to you by Sunoco. Thank you, Steve. I could not have said it better myself. Steve, are you a, are you a, you think of baseball when you're trying to make it last? Uh, <laughs> Margaret Thatcher naked on a cold day. Cut to Steve. Oh fuck! <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Although in Steve's head, she's Margaret Snatcher. Well, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Steve. I like being me. <laughs> and I know that you agree. 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 It is so very true. You. You're the best at being you. Really you. Yes, yeah, Steve, I'm the fucking best at being me, so I don't want to hear no. about your shit. 
I'm saying it's the end of the episode because I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> really, you? Yeah. Yeah. I like every day. Every day. I can work and I can play. I play. Every day when it's done, done. I look back on all the fun. Lots of fun. All right, McGruff. I mean, every day is not fun, buddy. I don't know. Yeah, he just he he in the rest of the album, the preceding album that the kids would have had to have listened to in full because it's on cassette. He just goes about every single song describes something that can kill you, and then he really tries to save it at the end. So no, I don't know if life is great. Clearly, it wasn't. McGruff had to exist. McGruff <laughs> exists in the first place because life was not great. I love this song though. It's it. I mean. I mean, it's, uh, I was going to say you could listen to it like on streaming services, but you can't even do that. Yes, I'm glad I'm me because my life is really great. I'm going to celebrate. Well, I'm glad I'm me. I could just see Mike with like glow sticks and black lights just like raving out to this. Dude, I would love that, man. This is a th- this is like the song version of everybody else's Instagram post. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're in the Florida Keys. Well, what happens every other day when you fucking go back to your shitty fucking life? We never get to see that. No, I have to live it. I get to watch you be fun. <laughs> Me- meanwhile, Steve's wife is like, Steve, come back to bed. No, I can't. Look how happy they are. <laughs> Look how happy they are. Ah. Uh. But that is, I mean, it's essentially the song repeats itself from there. But that is that is what this uh, two-sided cassette for kids, uh, you know, I assume it's for kids. Maybe this was actually an adult contemporary album. But that is what closes the uh, album out. Oh, I don't know, Nick. How did it chart? How did it chart? Uh, could not find that information. And I can't even find the names of any of the artists who put, maybe the artists didn't want to put their, have their names associated with this. Alan Smithy presents McGruff's Smart Kids album. <laughs> But that is a little bit of McGruff's Smart Kids album. You can find the whole thing uh, like on YouTube, but it's if anyone manages to find the cassette, please let me know. Discogs doesn't have it. Amazon doesn't have it. eBay doesn't have it. Uh, this is probably the deepest cut music we've ever covered. And what a shame, because it's, it's it, once again, straight up banger after banger. <laughs> it really was. I said I wasn't going to talk to you guys anymore, and I meant it. Okay, okay, Steve, you're being very silly. Uh, but, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this adventure uh, in saying no to a variety of different drugs. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me personally uh, on my Twitter and Instagram at Nick Brigadier. Uh, and uh, I was trying to find some way to tie in like a McGruff voice, but I'll just say, Mike, where can we find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on my Instagram at MrMikeRussell.com. That's MrMR.D-O-T. And, uh, yeah, like Nick said, you know, check out our stuff. Uh, send us an email, thesontopsreport.gmail.com, with your uh, suggestions for listener-submitted suggestions. Uh, give a review. Five stars preferably. And five stars only. Five stars only. We still got that one star blemish. Oof. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and Not that they're still butthurt about it a no, month afterwards. No, oh, it's several me, months after. I, <laughs> us? Us butthurt about that? Come on, Steve. Uh, you might think we're butthurt about that, Steve, but that's not true. Uh, <laughs> Just say no to one-star reviews. Um, and, uh, yeah, why don't you also... Why don't you tell us what your favorite drug-free activity is, you know, when you're just being you. Is it walking down the street? Is it jumping out of airplanes? Is it getting in fights? What do you like to do when you're not on drugs? Dropping out of airplanes is the only way McGruff would approve getting high. Nick. It's a perfect metaphor. You get high, and then you get real low, and then you die. Because there's no parachute when it comes to drug use. Unless it's the golden parachute of the pharmaceutical executives who get to kill people and then get millions of dollars in severance pay. And And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram (laughs) at your man Trollo. Not talking about any of this stuff because social media is a place where people go to shout at each other for no good purpose. (laughs) 
And that's where we want all of you listeners to follow us. Um, and with that, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Uh, I'm Nick Brigadier. I'm Mike Russell. And I'm remembering that scene from Rocky Five when Rocky trains that bottle of Jack Daniels to be his new protege, but then the other the other boxing promoter steals him away with dreams of fame and fortune, and then Rocky and the Jack Daniels bottle, they have a street fight in the middle of Philadelphia for the love of his son. Oh, I love that scene. I'm going to find it on YouTube. Oh, uh, I, oh iconic and, scene. Iconic. <laughs> and we will see you next week. Take care. Yes, I'm glad I'm me because... My life is really great I'm gonna celebrate Drugs are not for me You know you've got a lot going for yourself now I'm so glad I'm free Everything's fine, everything's super duper Drugs are not for me You want to keep your body strong, your brain sharp I'm so glad I'm free Got a new uh, ringtone. You gotta love it.